0: to Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive of Behavioral Health from Providence here in Oregon and Chief Clinical Officer of Work To Be Well. Here with me today to talk about body dysmorphia, body image, and toxic body image issues are a couple of high school students from our National Student Advisory Council who also happen to be right here from Oregon as a reminder the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only it is not intended nor is it implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice i'm also going to add the caveat that we're going to talk about things that may be triggering and difficult for some individuals if you find yourself having a hard time listening to the podcast today take that as a good cue to do some self-care and come back and listen another time when you're in a better space and we will also be posting some resources within our our podcast on where you can reach out and get more help. So let's get you started by having our two teens introduce themselves, where you're from, and why does this topic matter to you?
1: Um, I guess I can go first. Um, Hi there. My name is Leanna. Um, I'm from Oregon, mainly the Portland metro area. And this topic is definitely important to me because, I mean, my experiences with body image and like body dysmorphia go back to I have memories of being four years old and complaining to my parents I don't want to wear this swimsuit like my tummy is showing I don't want to show my tummy it's bigger than my cousins and just lately I've been reflecting on that and I'm definitely willing to open up about those experiences
2: yeah, and uh, my name is Finn Jacobson. I am a senior in high school and also in the Portland metro area. You know, this is a topic that um, I am still sort of like, I think, stepping into my power in regards to discussing it because it's something that generally, um, as a as a man, as a masculine-presenting individual in the society, have been asked to um, quote unquote, you know, not care about or uh, I guess not struggle with myself i think that there is a lot of that stigma there and so i'm excited to sort of uh, use this opportunity to open up about some of my thoughts around this um as it's not something that you know i've really been able to think about in regards to myself very often
0: well i think it's good for us to level set with some definitions really around the difference between body image and body dysmorphic disorder Um, you know, as somebody who's, who's worked with eating disorders for a large portion of my career, and I have a daughter with anorexia nervosa, um, body dysmorphic disorder is very, very distinct. And it involves really a, a shift mentally to where you see your whole body or a portion of your body, uh, as being, being very, you know, have very negative feelings about that have. Uh, a distorted view of what that looks like, whether it's larger and it's usually um, much larger. Sometimes though, for some people uh, they see themselves as much smaller than they are, but usually body dysmorphic disorder presents and people seeing either their entire body or large portions of their body as being um, distorted larger than it really is. Uh, whereas body image plays out in, in many different ways in terms of that, that, toxic idea of how we compare ourselves to each other, the instant finsta idea, the idea of how we feel society expects us to look, how we want to look, and those types of things. Not necessarily, though, with a truly mentally distorted image that I actually look differently than I do. Um, That's my professional definition. I'm wondering for you, how do you see it?
2: Well, Well, for me, you know, I, as mentioned earlier, it feels to me that, um, often i have seen body image issues from the perspective of somebody that's not necessarily going through them myself but in supporting others that are um, experiencing you know these issues or that have been diagnosed with disorders like um, anorexia nervosa um i have a lot of family members who struggle uh, a lot with these issues and i know that it you know it can be really um it can be really difficult i think to to support a person because of the way in which these disorders, as you mentioned, um, change how the person physically sees themselves. Um, so it's interesting to think about, like, for me, you know, my my, my experience with body image has largely been with, um, I guess, coping with how society expects my body to look. As a man, uh, I think that you know young boys are often pressured to start working out and exercising at a really early age to um, build up mass, especially in like their arm muscles, and um, you know like get these like abs, right? Because I think that both practically, like it's a it's a demonstration of that masculine strength, and then also it's sort of the body standard that is not you know really discussed often. Um, we mostly focus on how body image issues affect feminine-presenting people, women and girls. Um, which is equally valid I think because um, when you start thinking about like the heterosexual male gaze and maybe these patriarchal systems I think that that is a real struggle but I think it is interesting to consider sort of the balance and how that body image issues have conversely affected men.
1: I guess I can um, talk more on like body image I'm still trying to wrap my head around the two definitions as today I'm still trying to I, I've always thought that the, the terms were interchangeable. So I'm like slowly learning through this podcast, like what the two differences are. Um, so I guess right now I'm starting to think uh, that with my experiences, I can give more of a little definition on body image. Um, and personally, it's hard to give definitions because um, I don't know, just as someone that's autistic and has ADHD, I, I talk more from experience than rather like. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So I know how it is for me. And I mean, for body image, I can give like, I I would be eight years old. And I had this American Girl doll named Ivy. And I brought it to my dad. And I said, is this what I should look like? Um, it has thick legs, but there's a thigh gap there. And I would ask, should my legs be this big? Should my, should I have this body shape. Um, should my neck be this wide or too thin and stuff like that? So um I guess it's like looking back on it now it's crazy to think that I would compare myself even to my toys. We always talk about like the we always talk about like the media and stuff like that, but even goes into like what kids play with that we compare with. I use definitions more with stories. So I guess it could be like that. Just Compare myself with um, the things that I see and comparing them side by side. Now,
0: Leanna, you and Finn both bring up some really good points that I want to go back into, um, and they're and they're very radically different. First one goes goes back in with with Finn and talking about um, what happens for men with muscles, and there's an offshoot of body dysmorphic disorder called muscle dysmorphic disorder when, especially for men, they get very fixated on building up those muscles and become very, very fixated on particular muscle groups and not being satisfied with them and what is enough and what is not enough. And that's what then can lead to some of the, the really, really toxic things that happen, um, in the steroid culture and things like that with, with the need to go out and, and get the right, you know, have the muscles, do the things, get very much, um, impacted into that type of a muscle dysmorphic disorder. Um, so I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that starts young, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm i somebody who spends a lot of time at the gym, um, but, you know, my reasons for going to the gym have always been to maintain my health. Um, I, you know, have never really considered the bodily change as sort of my main factor for going to the gym, uh, but rather the the benefits that exercise can bring or that's what i'd like to tell myself right but i think that there's all those expectations that definitely also get to me you know i have a a really good friend who um has really big biceps um and it's like something that like people like stop him on the street to talk about and how like all of our friends like he's like known for that um and he actually you know doesn't work out a lot so i think that it's interesting also how genetics can sometimes play like and how those muscles develop over time. Um, and it's, it's interesting like how I sort of like within myself preach like, oh, I, I, I don't struggle with body image. Like I'm, I'm very happy with my body. And yet I look at people like my friend with these big arms where mine are, um, I interpret to be quite slim. Um, not necessarily, right? Like I, I, I would consider myself to be healthy. Um, but I think that that's the thing with body image is that you can be completely healthy and still not look how you want to look um and i think that you also just brought up really good points about how like um how harmful that can be and how um, you mentioned steroid culture and i even identify some of that within myself and like you know i will schedule my workouts based on what muscle groups i see to you know in lack for a better term be lacking or um i think that that gain culture and the need to constantly improve and grow can actually you can sort of like gain a complete sight of that and lose sight of the fact that, you know, we work out and we exercise for our health. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's really hard. It's really hard.
0: It's super hard. And well, and and the same as we have in in there and what we're talking about with the, with that Leanna, you brought up something around a term that gets used all the time thigh gap and thigh gap is this fascinating concept that, especially uh, young women and teenage girls, you got to have the thigh gap. You got to have the thigh gap. And this is a great example of body dysmorphic disorders. When people get so focused on that thigh gap, they'll go even to the point of having like cool sculpting or other types of cosmetic procedures in order to ensure that that's there. Uh, When you think about, when you were younger with that doll and asking your dad, you know, I see this has got a thigh gap in here. How important are concepts like that were concepts like that to you?
1: I mean, it, cause I looked up to, I don't know. I always played with them. And so I wanted to see myself in the things that I played with and so I, I remember standing in front of my mirror, like, around that age, like I said, 8, 10. And I tried, like, seeing how far my legs had to be apart in order to, like, have them not touch. And I literally almost had to straddle my legs. And, I, and like, it's funny looking back on it now, but at the time, it destroyed me to see that, like, my friends at that time could just, like, walk or even just, like, try to shove their knees together and there would still be a gap um for it's hard now because I don't see the thigh gap as something that I stress over but back then I tried so hard and I I just thought thigh gap meant like it can measure your um your health it can measure your health if it was this far apart or if it was closer together um and I would do workouts at that age just to focus on it. Um and I even <laughs> I even went to a trainer, said I yeah, I went to a trainer at 10 years old saying, she's like, oh, so do you want to get healthy? Do you want to and I said no, I want to get this side gap. And um, I think it was then that she like had a little pep talk with me and I started to realize my priorities. <laughs> um, but yeah that thigh gap at that age it was the rise of kim kardashian ariana grande like all those singers those Dizzy channel stars that i wanted to be like and um yeah i guess it wasn't until i had that pep talk with a trainer that my parents paid money for th- and that i like begged them to get um when she told me that you know you can be healthy and still not have a thigh gap
0: wow one smart trainer that is one yeah. smart trainer right <laughs> yeah. Your parents picked really really well and you bring up the Disney stars and and the stars of our youth and things like that. How much of a role does social media play in feeding these body image issues? And you know we've we've just really started talking about the impact of, of Instagram now coming out and saying, hey, we think we might be contributing to the problem of duh. But what do you guys think? It's your, you're the digital natives.
1: Um, well, I literally just like saw a post. I'm pretty sure Ash shared this on Instagram. Uh, they were going to join the podcast. But um, one thing that maybe me reflect on this before coming was how certain brands or even just media and shows, they will say they're putting in a plus size person. And the person isn't over like even a size eight. Um, they just have an hourglass figure. So, whoa, their hips are bigger. That means they're definitely plus size. <laughs> and that that destroys a person. Um, when you're looking at that and you're like, wow. So if they're plus size, what am I? Am I like just huge then? Because I'm someone that's a size 18 and just being 10 size over someone that's considered plus size on when I'm shopping or Uh, or is on a show it it's just weird to reflect on uh media is constantly trying to be inclusive and i think it's kind of like just a sticker or patch they try to gain of saying like we did it we are body positive we are contributing to like no body dysmorphia or body image when i mean they're still contributing to it by not showing a wide variety of bodies of skin types of abilities and stuff like that. Um.
2: (laughs) Well, and Liana, Liana, I think it's interesting that you, you bring up like, you know, brands and models and, you know, even like, it's interesting how with, especially with Instagram, this rise of influencer culture has um, really just like, I think, marked our generation. And It's like a lot of these influencers that we're seeing on Instagram are people who just like they have like this abundance of followers. They're not necessarily like a public figure in any way or like even like a paid model or like, you know, they're just they seem to be famous for for no reason. Almost like they like they make these posts and they gain attention and and they get likes like and that's not the case, of course, for all influencers. A lot of people become influencers because of what they do. But I attended a workshop led by one of my good friends and a very prominent activist, uh, body image activist in Portland. Um, and I remember she was so she was so blunt in asking every member of the workshop to intentionally like open up their phones and look at the list of people they're following and identify everyone that they considered to be an influencer. And once we had all sort of like set up that list, we had found like, well, this person has like a million followers. And I guess I followed them because they posted this or something. We identified that list of influencers. And then she said, how many of those influencers do not fit what you would consider to be society's mainstream body standard for beauty? And the results were stunning because none of us had more than like some of us, you know, we'd have a list of 20 or 30 influencers that we were following and never was there a majority of people who did not fit that modern body standard and so i I think it's interesting to see how like we perpetuate these issues on social media without even realizing it even those of us that claim to be um very supportive of the cause in liberating people's bodies and of ending this toxic body expectation we are still divesting most of our attention to people who are fitting these mainstream body um, standards Well, there are a large amount of influencers who do not fit these standards an equal amount to those that do that are not receiving that same attention.
0: Wow.
1: That, you know, I After hearing that I definitely want to go like check my Instagram or <laughs> any social media now like even just like expose myself <laughs> and just be like Lana like let's get a little check on what you're following and maybe that might even like help my feed to just like help myself to like see more of like my body types. Yeah. Or just for anybody out there too.
2: Right. For our listeners, I think that's a great call to action is if you have social media, go and look at what, what do the influencers that you follow look like?
0: Well, and that's a great way to begin to challenge body image and challenge body dysmorphia. I have been quite taken with the way that Lizzo just goes straight at it, just cutthroat straight at it. And yeah. the song she did uh, with Cardi B, you know, that just complete takedown of, of how, how these issues are, are just out there and it's very discriminating. And, and I'm wondering, are there other people, uh, what do you think of that? Are there other people like that too, who, when you think of, that idea of true body positivity. Uh, Lizzo's like the gold star.
1: Um, there's definitely a few TikTok influencers that I follow. There's all oh, this is one girl that I absolutely love. I can't remember her username, but she does the honest like hauls or try ons. Um, she's like a plus size body, um, closer to my size. And she does like the like the honest try ons of like uh, Zara, American Eagle, like um, like all those kind of brands. And she shows that like some of them fit, but honestly, some of them are just really like not very honest with the sizing. How like like she'll be, she'll say like oh my gosh, we could barely get past like my one thigh, <laughs> and we'll be like oh oops, we'll try again with the next try on haul. And I just love how it's just it's so just straight up and real about like trying on new clothes and it how sizes literally differ from every single store yes
0: that's super true is it that way for menswear too finn gotta know
2: well you know i it's i i think that when we talk about clothing one of the things that really comes up for me, it, it's related, I think, to that muscle size again, but a lot of men will will look at male models wearing just a basic t-shirt, right? And it fits so like snug and tightly against like the arms and like really like shows off the male physique. And then we'll put on a t-shirt and it sort of looks baggy. And it's like, you know, I, I wear a size small and Sometimes I'll find myself thinking, like, gosh, should I be wearing like extra small to see? Like, but then I put on an extra small shirt and it doesn't fit at all. Like, it's like a crop pop on me. Like, it's just, and so it's interesting to think about. Like, I've never thought about that before, like, until Leanna brought this up and thinking about like, we designed the fit of clothes to also perpetuate this issue. Mm -hmm. Um, A size, what, you know, my size of shirt still almost looks sort of like big on me. but that's because I think I see t-shirts being worn by men all the time that fit very actually tightly because of this increased muscle mass. And that I just I my eyes have totally been open to that just sitting here just now.
1: Yeah. And then after you saying that, like I Dr. Rome, when you brought that up, I didn't even think about like how that might go for um guy's stores. Um I mean, at least I know for my brother, um, he has to like specifically Find clothes that fit his body type as well. He's he's a lineman, so um gotta find those lineman <laughs> fitting clothes for him. And um, we always go shopping together, and it's always like the same experience. Um, going to different stores, like American Eagle will fit like five times bigger than if we went to Hollister, <laughs>
0: right?
1: <laughs> so, how do we challenge
0: body dysmorphic disorder? How do we challenge body image? What can we do differently uh, in our world? I love the whole challenge of going through your influencers and and looking at who it is that you're paying attention to and and seeing, but what else can we do?
2: You know, I I think it sounds tacky um, because this is something that I think we say a lot about a lot of social issues that we face, but I think recognizing just as we've done here is a really important step in starting to dismantle some of those issues. Because I think that, especially with an issue which we contribute to so passively, um, very few people are going to outwardly come out and, you know, be fatphobic or, you know, like that—that that direct, like, um, intentional perpetuation of body image issues and body dysphoria. But most of us, I think, at some point um, or the other, I don't think any of us have sort of a perfect record with this issue, and so you know, thinking about how we are contributing to this issue um, can help to, you know, I think, I think that we don't have as a society, those concrete solutions. You often talk about like, what can you do and, and what can we as one person do? And I think it's, it's had these conversations. I think as we recognize that these are problems in our society, we'll start to see this collateral of people experiencing those issues, maybe not seeing them as so real or so intense. Because they I think that if we normalize that um, that this is a problem and that you know these bottom it, these body ish, image issues are not warranted, um, I think that that's a great step. But I think it, that's also a little idealistic.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, personally, how I've um, how I've been growing with, Um, my experience with body dysmorphia and body image is just over the years I've given myself a chance to just be like because we I feel like I personally I've always felt guilt with hating my body because there's other people that might want my body and I there's the guilt that comes with that being like Leanna you shouldn't you shouldn't be hating it there's people out there that might want it but I've Come to a place where I've been like it's okay to just maybe not like something, but we can go from that. And you deserve love no matter what size you are, no matter how many stretch marks there are.
0: How do we get to a place where we're comfortable with who we are and recognizing? And Leanna, you were talking a little bit ago about loving yourself and and being in a place where you love yourself and you put yourself first. Um, what are some tips and tricks that, that you can leave our listeners with on how to really change your own, develop your own body positivity, develop your own um, ability to see your image and who you are as wonderful? What are your tips and tricks that you use right now?
2: You know, I think that self-care corresponds a lot with self-love. As a volunteer at Line, a teen-run peer-based crisis line, something that I tell contacts that are experiencing this is that self-care can be difficult. Self-care can be something that we don't want to do, right? It's it's that um, taking that shower or going on that walk or, um, you know, burning that incense or growing those plants. You know, it's like it's things that we don't want to do and they're difficult. But I think with body image, like when we think about really just radically loving ourselves and intentionally loving ourselves even when maybe we don't love ourselves or we don't think we do um we are what we practice and if you practice loving yourself you will start truly truly loving
0: yourself and i think that that is the power
2: that we all have
0: radical self-love that is some awesome advice out there finn that is awesome
1: i love how you brought up self-care because I mean, I didn't realize I do that sometimes. There's, there's like, some nice where I'm just, like, feeling down. And I just go for a full-on, like, makeup. I just, like, I doll myself up, and it could be midnight. And I'm just, like, I'm feeling myself. I need it. Um, and there's other times where, like, maybe I do it, and I'm still, like, oh, And I just take it all off, and I just realize that I'm good with it, and I'm good without it. Um and some things that I've been doing to just realize my self worth um, is that I'm more than just my body. This is my this is my little vehicle. It's taking me places. Um, it might have a little um, more parts than other people, and it might be. I I feel like I'm just like, yeah, I I got a cold truck. I am just. This vehicle has taken me places, and that's how I see myself. And um, I realize that I have other things that are going on for me that are just wonderful. I've got this one friend that I can always uh, lean on, and um, I just realized that there's more in life than just my skin and the meat on my bones.
0: <laughs> I love the idea of this is my vehicle that's gonna take me amazing places. And it's going to be the vehicle of radical self-love. We're going to do (laughs) together. This is almost like Herbie the love bug. That's probably a dated reference, but uh, Google Herbie the love bug and you'll, you'll get a kick out of Herbie the love bug. I want to thank you both for joining me today and having an honest conversation about body image, toxic body image, body dysmorphia. And how that really plays out. This has been a very powerful conversation. Uh, and I know it's also a very personal conversation. So I really, really appreciate your willingness to make this one personal and share with our listeners and open up the conversation. Because trust me, everybody thinks about their body. It's Part of part of the normal part of being a teenager is the struggles that, that you both are talking about. And when they become unhealthy, we need to make sure that we reach out and get help places like YouthLine and TeenLine have lots and lots of resources. We have resources if you're struggling with body dysmorphic disorder or any other mental health issues, please check us out at Providence.org. That's Providence.org for any of those medical concerns. We also have lots of great resources for youth and teens related to not only body dysmorphic disorder and body image, but anxiety, depression, and everything having to do with mental health and wellness and mindfulness at worktobewell.org that's work the number 2 bewell.org I'm your host Dr. Robin Henderson thank you to my two teams to join me today and be well everybody